Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Congratulations, true crime addicts. We have survived yet another week. It is Friday, February 11, 2022. And these are the top true crime stories from around the world. Brought to you by James Renner. You're welcome. Hey, uh, I just want to say at the top of the show, I just want to say thank you for everybody that's listening. I can tell uh, that if you've listened once, you've probably listened a few times now. Uh, I'm not losing many listeners. I'm gaining them. Uh, for the second week in a row, we've broken uh, over a 1,000 listeners in a week. So thank you very much. Uh, if you could do me a favor, you know, tell a 100 of your friends about this, and uh, and then we'll be set. We'll be set. But no, seriously, thank you for listening every week. Um, let's get to the top stories, guys. You guys into crypto? The cryptocurrency. I got the Coinbase app. Not that they're not paying me for this. This this isn't an ad or anything. This is just something I've tried because everybody else is into it, and I feel like I should have gotten into Bitcoin like ten years ago. But uh, about six months ago, I got this Coinbase app, and I invested into some cryptocurrency. I I specific. I got some Bitcoin, sure, sure, and Ethereum, but there's some lesser known uh, cryptocurrencies. Um, I like the Stellar Lumens and the Chili's, but uh, there was a big, big crash, big crypto crash a couple months ago. Uh, I don't know if it had much to do with this, but this this might have played a part. Something was going on. Anyways, here's the the crime story. Earlier this week, the FBI arrested a young couple who appeared in federal district court in Manhattan this Tuesday. They're accused of trying to launder $3.6 million in Bitcoin. This is a big crypto crime going on. Maybe the first big, huge crypto crime. Um, They arrested this young couple, Ilya Lichtenstein. That's a male. 
age 34, and Heather Morgan, age 31. Now, they, they were kind of involved with the cryptocurrency uh, and, and spoke about it online. They had blogs and would post on social media. They often talked about the lack of security to the uh, Bitcoin system when it was written in uh, articles in, in the press and wanted journalists to talk about the security and, and how to, to, to secure your investment into Bitcoin. This will come into play later. Uh, Heather Morgan wrote a couple articles for Forbes magazine. Um, she was also a rapper. I love this story. This would make a great miniseries or movie. Hollywood, if you're listening, give me a call. Uh, <laughs> I'll write this for you. Heather Morgan, uh, also moonlit as a rapper named Razzlecon, who called herself the Crocodile of Wall Street. And she had this this song, Versace Bedouin. Not, not, not a bad title. Not a bad title. Anyways, I, I'm going to play you a little bit of this, this rap. Versace Bedouin by Razzle Khan. Never forget, weird is just most original. Okay, okay, sure, she's not going to get a Grammy anytime soon, but it's it's better than than some people I've heard. She she does a little better than I would do. Uh, although I did once get busy in a Burger King bathroom. Anyways, um, uh, she's probably going to go to prison for a little bit, so now she'll have a little cachet in the uh, rapper world. Ilya Lichtenstein, her uh, beau. Her husband, he has dual Russian citizenship, which may or may not be a factor in this. He went to school in Illinois, graduated University of Wisconsin. This uh, Bitcoin they were trying to launder was actually stolen by hackers uh, out of Hong Kong's Bitfinex exchange in 2016. It's unknown at this time if Ilya and Morgan, uh, uh, Heather Morgan, were involved with the hacking itself. Or if they are laundering this money for other people, i.e. Russians, Ruskies. Um, <clears throat> the FBI alleges that they've been using thousands of small transactions to avoid detection. Obviously, that didn't work so well. And they've been using the stolen Bitcoin to buy gift cards and NFTs, non-fungible tokens. And I've looked into non-fungible tokens about a million times. I still don't quite understand what they're all about. If you if you know, uh, shoot me an email because I, I just I don't get it. But anyways, um, it's an interesting story. I looked into them a little bit and uh, their online activity, and they strike me as as fans of that TV show uh, about the hacker, um, which eludes me right now. But w with uh, Christian Slater in it. You know what I'm talking about. Um, so, you know, who knows if they were involved in the hack, but that's going to be a big case coming up, so check it out. 
Uh, big news out of Harvard University. Three grad students at Harvard filed a federal lawsuit on Tuesday against Harvard itself. They're alleging that Professor John Komarov, who's a big deal professor in their anthropology department, think of, um, you know, Ross from Friends, except a little more distinguished. Uh, this is coming from the Crimson, which is the student newspaper there. Um, this lawsuit came after a 2020 report by the Crimson, which outed three faculty members in the anthropology department who were acting like creeps with the, with the students. The suit was filed by Margaret Zerwinski, Lilia Kilburn, and Amelia Mandava. They allege physical and verbal sexual harassment, unwanted kissing and groping. This guy's like 70. It's kind of gross. Maybe not that old. Maybe he's in his 60s. Um, and he, he, by the way, for the record, denies wrongdoing here. But they allege incidents where Kormorov, Komarov allegedly tried to intimidate two of the women to not report any of this stuff. He's now on unpaid leave. Why are they suing Harvard and not, and not him? Here's why. Because uh, they allege that the university knew about his pattern of harassment and retaliation for decades. They allege that Harvard knew about Komarov's habits when they hired him in 2012. He, they were warned by the faculty at the University of Chicago, where he worked before, uh, alleging misconduct there. And here's the kicker. Harvard, at one point, one of these women came forward and said, hey, this guy's being really creepy to me. I've had to go to a therapist, a psychotherapist, because I have PTSD because of the way he's, he's treated me. What did Harvard do? They got the notes from her psychotherapist, and they gave them to Komarov. And then he used it to say, oh, she must have imagined it because of the PTSD. The PTSD that he, you know, caused her. So, big deal. Big deal for Harvard, if that matters to you. Uh, I I went to Kent State. Harvard's a light year, <laughs> light years away from that. But I know, I know you're listening, Harvard people. Last top story. This week, this would be huge, huge story if this was an American. But here's here's what happened. There's a 28-year-old girl. Uh, I'm sorry, 28-year-old woman, young woman from, there's that Midwestern misogyny creeping in, right? Man, it's hard to get rid of. It really is. But uh, so 28-year-old young woman, Natasha de Krumbrug has gone missing in Peru. She's, you check out the pictures. She was all over social media, just like uh, Gabby Petito. Um, but she's not American. She's, she's from Belgium. She's from uh, Brussels, actually. Uh, and this is kind of a big deal there, and also in Peru. Anyways, Natasha was on vacation in Peru. She was visiting Colca Canyon, this is where that Machu uh, Picchu, that, that old, the old ruins were. 
um, she went hiking alone and disappeared. The last anybody has heard from her was January 23rd. They found a backpack in her hotel room. I don't think it was the, you know, the, the like hiking gear or anything. I think it was just her luggage that they found. She never returned to her hotel room. She's been missing for two weeks. It's possible she got lost. It's more possible that there's some foul play involved. Um, the family of Nat Natasha's family arrived in Peru on Monday, and they're helping with the search. This is going to be a big story as it as it gathers momentum. Um, but uh, that's, a, that's a scary part of the world. I don't know if you're big readers... If if you if you like horror stories, there's this book I read a few years ago called The Ruins, which takes place kind of around this region that involves hikers that kind of get lost and they end up at these old kind of Machu Picchu ruins and uh, things go seriously right. It is the scariest book I've ever read. If you like horror stories, check out The Ruins. Um, but I think this case... My hunch is, you know, she's hiking alone. Somebody saw an opportunity, and it didn't end well. Uh, hopefully she's lost and, and living and, and will be reunited with her family. But check that out. Developing story. Uh, I'll be right back with some updates in cold cases, including updates in the West Memphis 3 case, as well as Susan Powell. Uh, join me after the break. I'll be back in 2 and 2. Welcome back to Small Wonder, starring Tiffany Brissett. Here's some cold case updates. Uh, this is from Crittenden County, the West Memphis 3 case. Prosecutor Keith, uh, I'm sorry, it looks like Crestman, but it's actually Trestman. Trestman. I hate that last name uh, because I probably hate this guy. He continues to screw over. Damien Eccles in the West Memphis 3 case. You know this case? Very famous. Uh, this involves the murder of three eight-year-old boys, Steve Branch, Michael Moore, and Christian Byers, who were murdered in West Memphis, Arkansas, in 1993. Prosecutors back then focused on three young men, Damien Eccles, Jesse Miss Kelly, and Jason Baldwin. They were convicted, sent to prison, Eccles was, was on death row for a long, long time. Then these documentaries came out that showed police misconduct, other suspects, wrongful prosecution, and it put pressure on them. And eventually, Eccles, Miss Kelly, and Jason Baldwin were freed. They were offered an Alford plea, which I'm going to do a whole episode on the Alford plea for the next season of Philosophy of Crime. Uh, that's where you plead guilty, but try to maintain your innocence by saying that the evidence against you is overwhelming and you couldn't possibly fight it, but you still didn't do it. So they pleaded to this Alfred plea and they got out of prison. Eccles, since then, has still fought for his innocence. He wants to be proclaimed innocent. Um, <laughs> late last year, Eccles successfully showed that this Crittenden County is sus, as they say, uh, is completely corrupt because uh, he was searching for DNA evidence in the case. He was searching for 
evidence from this 1993 multiple murder. The police said, oh, no, no, uh, we don't have any evidence. It was destroyed in a fire. So they, he and his lawyer put in these FOIA requests, and they found out there, in fact, was no fire. It was all a lie. The evidence was still there. They found it. So now they have the evidence, and they want it to be tested for DNA because the killer's DNA might still be on it. They want to do this MVAC system. Trestman, just this week, has asked a judge to deny this request. You know, your your chief prosecutor in this county, your job is to find and meet justice. Meet, M-E-T-E, meet justice. Whether, whether it proves that your police did the right thing or the wrong thing, that's your, that's your job. Trustman disagrees. He doesn't want this DNA to be tested. And he's taken it a step further. He's told other media outlets that he wants this evidence destroyed. It's awful. Eccles tweeted this out last week. The prosecutor in our case, Keith Trustman, has now filed a motion asking the judge to refuse our request to test evidence in order to reveal the actual murder. Arkansas continues to follow the path of corruption they set out on from the very beginning of this case. Crazy, crazy bit of injustice out of Arkansas. Uh, just out of curiosity, I tried to look up Damien Eccles. Um, he's got a website, DamienEccles.com. Uh, <laughs> when you go to it, it doesn't necessarily directly link to the West Memphis 3 case immediately. It's actually uh, advertisement for his business. Um, he's a magician. He's a magician. You could hire him for parties. He could come in and, and do like sleight of hand and card tricks. That's amazing. That's amazing. I want to hire Damien Eccles to do some magic. I hope he's doing well. An update in the Susan Powell case. KUTV reports that clothes and bones were found during a search for the remains of Susan Powell, found in an old mine in Utah. Susan Powell disappeared in 2009 from West Valley City, Utah. She was married to Joshua Powell. You know this case if you're into true crime. On February 5th, 2012, Josh killed himself. He was under investigation. He was assumed to have murdered his wife, Susan Powell, killed himself and their two sons by blowing up their home. Uh, eventually it came out that Josh's dad, Stephen, was a creepy perv who liked to film Susan in the bathroom. Before she disappeared, Susan wrote in a journal, if I die, it may not be an accident, even if it looks like one. Hopefully, these uh, bones will be tested, and we can have some resolution in that case. Uh, one more cold case update. This is a bizarre cold case out of Boone, North Carolina. Involves a uh, 1972 cold case that occurred during a freak snowstorm, crazy snowstorm down there. Bryce Durham, his wife Virginia and their 18-year-old son, Bobby, were found dead in a bathtub. Virginia was strangled. Bryce and Bobby were drowned. Now, what do you make of that evidence so far? Three people, all adults, 
One strangled, two drowned. No way one person could have done that, right? When the police got there and found the bodies, they also found that the house was completely ransacked. It's been a cold case since 1972. Then, in 2019, a guy named Shane Burt walked into a sheriff's office in Georgia. His dad had been talking, telling stories, getting things off his chest before his death. Shane Burt's father was a hitman for the Dixie Mafia, which is a small crime network operating out of Georgia in the 60s and 70s. His, his father was Billy Sunday Burt. And uh, he said he killed the Durhams. And he did it with Bobby Gaddis, Charles Reed, and Billy Davis. Only Davis is still alive. Everybody else is dead. Davis is 81 and still in prison for similar crimes. Since then, he he's admitted to it, to the Durham killings. But he hasn't said who ordered the hit. He said he was a hitman for hire. So that part of the, that part of the uh, case is still a mystery. So maybe one day he'll... He'll give it up, but strange case. What could that that uh, what could Bryce have been up to? Certainly not anything that uh, merits multiple murder there. But glad that that was solved, and not not through genetic genealogy. Speaking of genetic genealogy, here we are again, DNA Doe Project with another another win. They announced this week the identity of Flathead. County Doe. I like the names that they give to these people. You gotta, it's mostly regional. Flathead County Doe has been identified. Uh, these were remains that were found in Marion, Montana back in 2003. When they found these human remains, the uh, coroner out there said that this person must have died like seven or eight years before. DNA Doe Project has been working this case for three years diligently checking these family trees and trying to trace it back. This was a difficult one. Eventually, they narrowed their person down to a family from Indiana who had moved to Seattle. They checked, uh, They tracked down the five closest relatives, asked them some questions, I think, got some DNA maybe, found that uh, the deceased was a man named Stephen Edward Gooch who lived in Bothell, Washington, he last spoke with his family in 1995, which kind of fits with the timeline there, when he was 29 years old. Told his family he was headed to Las Vegas to make it rich and walked out into the sunset. How he ended up in Marion, Montana remains a mystery, but at least they've given a name to the remains. Some interesting uh, stuff in true crime pop culture. This week, all sorts of new content coming out. Uh, you want to check out this A and E ten-part documentary called "Secrets of Playboy." I remember my dad bringing home <laughs> this quiz. This there was an IQ quiz in Playboy magazine. This would have been like in 1985, 1986, and uh, he wanted me to take the IQ test, and so he. He's like, okay, here's the test, but don't turn it over. Don't don't turn it. Just take the test. Don't turn it over. Of course, I turned it over. You know, and that that was my first sight of all that wonder. 
and it sticks with me to this day. Anyways, I just read it for the articles. There's this 10-part uh, <laughs> documentary on A&E, Secrets of Playboy. Check it out. This is uh, everything we suspected all along. Now, Hugh Hefner, who ran Playboy, he was made out to be kind of like this charming, eccentric gentleman. But this documentary series uh, that investigates and talks to former Playboy bunnies alleges all kinds of rape. Rape of Playboy bunnies. Adrian Pollock was a Playboy bunny who died from a drug overdose. They go into this a lot. Um, she had too many quaaludes. That was a big party drug in the 60s and 70s and 80s. Uh, it was Bill Cosby's drug of choice, by the way, when he was roofing those, those women. Um, it's a drug that primarily used for sex. Uh, the kind of hint in this series that maybe these Playboy bunnies were being used for drug trafficking, bringing Quaaludes into a cub, club in Chicago. Lots of nefarious stuff going on involving uh, also a suicide of Hefner's personal assistant and secretary. So check that out. Also, just this week, they released a trailer for the dropout um, which I think is a, a series and not specifically a movie. But you got to check it out. This is, you know, m one of my favorite cases is what's going on with Elizabeth Holmes, uh, who was the center of the dropout. She was the, uh, the uh, you know, the, the, the woman that invented this so-called single blood drop test that would um, change the medical field forever. Turns out she was a big fraud. Uh, Theranos was the company. Um, but what's really cool, the trailer looks amazing, by the way. And Elizabeth Holmes is played by Amanda Seyfried, which at first you're like, I, I, I don't see it. But check out the trailer. She, like, channels Elizabeth Holmes. She does the voice and everything. And it looks, it looks fantastic. So, um Check that out. Now, uh, let's check the charts. Chartable that charts the top true crime podcasts of the last week. Number one is The Deck. This is one of Ashley Flowers, Audio Chuck's new podcast. There's a lot of controversy right now in the true crime community about this podcast, The Deck, because... What they do is they, you know, you've heard about these decks of cards that are sent out to jails and, and where the prisoners can play poker, rummy, go fish, whatever they play. And on these cards, they have like information about cold cases and unsolved murders and things like that. So if you have information, you can contact the police from the prison and Kind of rat on your friends if you know anybody that was involved in these. Anyways, there's a lot of people speaking up on social media. Angry that uh, Audio Chuck and Ashley Flowers are doing the deck because there's apparently another podcast that does the same idea. Uh, I don't know why people like to hate on Ashley Flowers. I've met her. I know her personally. She's a wonderful human being. She does a lot of good things for the community. She gives back, which is 
something a lot of podcasters do not. Um, the deck itself, even if there was another podcast that's exactly the same thing, you know, it's one of those ideas that is super simple, uh, that is obvious, certainly something that more than one person could think up. And I can't help thinking about that scene in uh, The Social Network, if you've seen it, the true story about the founding of, of Facebook. And the Winklevoss, there's that scene where the Winklevoss twins, they go into the office of the president and they start whining about how Mark Zuckerberg stole their idea and invented this thing called Facebook. And the president gave them some pretty good uh, advice in that scene because they're like, this is, a, this is like a million dollar idea and he stole it from us. And he reminded them, he's like, hey, dudes, you're at Harvard. Come up with another idea. You know, if it's it's a super simple idea, if it's not working to that level, then maybe it was the production quality. But if you're smart enough to have that idea, you're smart enough to have 10 more ideas. So I'm going to get off my uh, my stump but that's my that's my rant for this week. Move on. Um, as always, join me after the show on Repod, where we can talk about any of these cases from this episode. Um, there, I have a website for you. Uh, this is if you're if you're unfamiliar with Repod, it's a it's a really cool new app for podcasts. Uh, I want you to check out this this link, joinrepod.com. Joinrepod.com backslash true crime this week. You'll thank me for it later. All right. That is the show. And it's another Friday, guys. We've made it. We're here. We're still alive. And it's Friday. It's the beginning of the weekend. And in the words of the incomparable Murray Saul, my, my, uh, my, my dream animal, what do you call them? My spirit guide, Murray Saw. It's Friday, and we gotta, 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 gotta get down. Damn it! True Crime This Week is a fearful symmetry production. Our theme music is Trash Town Boogie by Mr. Smith, used under a Creative Commons license for use in the show. All sources are listed in the liner notes at the end of this episode. If you like the cut of my jib, please check out my other podcast, Philosophy of Crime. Unless quoted directly from a source, all content should be considered the opinion of the host. That's me, James Renner. See you next week. <laughs>